0: And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. Hey, it's great to have you with us on this uh, fine day at this time, Uh, listening to uh, New Paradigms for a New World as we give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. for the special edition of Tell Me Your Story. Podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, Amazon as well as iHeartRadio and we also have videos on YouTube, the channel Richard Dugan and Tell Me Your Story. We can uh, certainly be seen there and you will be able to watch, the, watch our uh, uh, interviews unfold as we move forward in time. And we hope that you will subscribe to the podcast as well as the videocasts. If uh, what we're doing resonates with you and you'd like to support us financially, we do have a PayPal account for your security as well as ours. Just type in when you're going to send to uh, type in Richard at RichardDugan.com as the email address, Richard at RichardDugan.com. And uh, whatever size contribution, big or small, doesn't matter. We'll take energetic support as well. We also hope that you will participate in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020. Spend some time listening to that still, small voice in that quiet, peaceful place, that inner life that we all have. I used to think that if I could find that one spot on the planet where nobody was, and it was quiet and peaceful and all, it would be great. And then I realized that if I can find it, so can they. So I thought more about that, and then I realized, ah, there is one place they can't go. And so um, you will be all by yourself. And that can be a little scary sometimes, but we need to get to know who we are. So please spend time during the decade of perfect vision and beyond. Our program today, I think you are going to get a kick out of because... We're talking miracles, Miraculous Living with Wendy Darling. And Wendy, thank you so much for joining us here on the program as we jump right into our program.
1: Oh, it's wonderful to be here, Richard. Thank you.
0: You know, uh, Miraculous Living, uh, this seems to be right up my alley, especially considering we talk and sometimes at nauseum about moving from a survival to thrival. And that, to me, is really a key. It's like, granted, I'm only 61. My dad is 90, okay? If I am sick and tired of the way things are now, I can only imagine how sick and tired my dad is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 30 29 years older than I am. So... Um, it's very interesting that you're talking about this whole concept of miraculous healing. Let's, uh, uh, let's talk also, let's start talking here about something that you have on your website, which, by the way, is wendydarling.com. The
1: RQ, what is an RQ? RQ is the relationship quotient. So everything that I do when I work with people and how I live my life, has everything to do with relationships. The relationship I have with myself, with others. When I work in organizations, the relationships that people cultivate and are needed within the team, within the organization. So RQ is a very important byproduct of success. So for example, we all are familiar with IQ which is supposedly measured intelligence. Mm-hmm. EQ is the emotional radar that is also important to cultivate as we interact with each other. But RQ then puts that together. It's what makes a difference and is critical in how we, how we live our lives because as you were saying you know i'm pretty sure we weren't designed to live on mountaintops you know by ourselves and mm. meditate although those can be lovely moments sure um, but it's all about us being together as a community
0: I'll use the uh, larger analogy uh, if uh, if the uh, good Lord had intended for each one of us 8 billion people to live on individual separate planets. I'm pretty sure there are enough Class M planets in the universe <laughs> that we could do that. What is the reality? The 8 billion of us are right here together. Yeah. And so that tells me that we're supposed to learn how to work and play and live together uh, and create and that's part of what this miraculous living is all about, isn't it? It's creating. And you have the miraculous living method, that MLM uh, certification, as you uh, you have. Tell us about, uh, about this. I think it's a great name because we're always looking around to see if uh, miracles really happen. And I'm curious what your definition of a miracle is. Yeah.
1: Um, for me... And there's a story behind how this all happened as well. Mm -hmm. I never, ever thought that you and I, much less I, would be speaking about miracles in my life um, and supporting others to have that. So for me, you know, a miracle is just something that is either unexpected, a surprise of some sort, but it also could be, oh, my gosh, you know, I want to release 10 pounds and I do it. It could be, I wanna start a business. It could be, I need to pick up the phone and make a call to somebody that I might have the possibility of offering some work to. It, it can be anything so teeny tiny. You know, a couple of years ago, Richard, I had an echocardiogram because my dad died when he was only 56 from a heart attack while playing racquetball. And so I'm a whole lot like my dad and I'm a whole lot like my mom too. So I've been watching that and I had an electrocardiogram and that was amazing. I don't know if you've ever seen your heart in action. I had had other tests prior to that, but this one just showed my heart just, it was like, it is literally running a marathon. It's just working so hard and fast 24 seven. And if that is not miraculous, cause we don't sit t- around typically going, well, what's working, is the heart beating? Are my lungs working properly? They're, you know, the miracle of the human body, the miracle of our existence, the miracle of opportunities that are present each and every day. Our job is to be observant, to be open, and to welcome them in. Hmm.
0: Well, I, I uh, was asked once by my mother if I'd ever seen any, ha- had any supernatural experiences. And I said, well, if I did, I, I, I didn't recognize them as such. I think about Jesus and his uh, miracles that he performed and how <laughs> at one point his disciples were saying, wow, that is really cool. Could you teach us how to do that? And he says, this? Huh you think this is great. Hey, you guys, this is nothing. You guys are going to do greater miracles than that. And I have to tell you that the greater miracle, as I perceive it, this is what I believe is transforming our lives.
1: And isn't that what you're talking about? It is. Um, It's about, okay. So each and every one of us in my belief system is created And destined for something special that you and only you can contribute. Earlier in my career, I actually named my business Thumbprints International because I believe just like our thumbprint, there's no one else like you. You were designed for something special that you and only you can contribute. And that's part of our job assignment in life is to figure out, first of all, what are your gifts And a lot of times we need to talk to other people because our gifts can be so natural to us that we don't necessarily think it's anything special. And so we need to identify our gifts, our passions, our heartaches, because a lot of times it's our heartache and struggles that actually lead us more into a more purpose-filled life and contribution And so it's our job to cultivate these gifts and skills and talents in a way that we make that special mark in life.
0: We are talking with Wendy Darling. WendyDarling.com is the website. Miraculous Living. We're going to dive into that as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. New Paradigms for a New World. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true here on the program. Wendy Darling is our guest. WendyDarling.com is the website. We will be linked to your website as well so people can go there and find out more about the work you're doing. You, uh, Before we jump further into the miraculous living part, you have a, um, a free audio file on your website, on the phone, on the homepage. What is that all about?
1: Um, <laughs> um, it's really just... To give a sense of ways that you can start positioning yourself, the ways that you can start thinking so that you can get the results that you want more easily and quickly. Mm-hmm. And and so, yes, there's an audio, there's an assessment, there are different things readily available for people to have access to.
0: Now, when you uh, go to the uh, page that has the RQ, the relationship uh, quotient, um <clears throat> Uh, is that right? IQ? Intelligence? Yes, quotient. RQ. quotient. Yeah. quotient. Yeah, yes, RQ. Relation Quotient. Yes. There are three groups there. Now, do you do all three groups or do you choose one?
1: Oh, the assessment. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're referring to? Yes, the assessment.
0: To? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. You actually look at all the groups and and you rate yourself within there because what it's doing is it's showing you kind of your natural tendency of how you relate to other people. Mm -hmm. Some people are more outgoing, some people are more introverted. I consider myself a situational extrovert. Um, I love people, I love being with people, I love meeting people, until I don't. And (laughs) I have to replenish. And so I have to have quiet to Uh replenish. Okay. And, And so part of that is important Because you also need to sense that's the EQ part of how somebody else is. You know, somebody that's very outgoing and um, extroverted, talking to somebody that's a little bit more introverted, has to learn to dial it down a little bit so that, you know, somebody's not overwhelmed.
0: You don't blow them away.
1: Right. Exactly. (laughs) So it's just a little something to just help you realize how you might be perceived and received by another person. Because let's face it, we want to present ourselves, to interact with people in a way that, you know, we align. And there are some really wonderful processes out there and assessments that can help you quickly identify that. Mm.
0: How long have you been uh, working with this uh... Uh, with this miraculous living in the RQ, what 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 was it and when was it that um, these concepts and ideas, and I'm going to even go as far as to say philosophy, uh, came to you?
1: Well, it's been an ongoing and gradual process. This is my 40th year since I actually started my own business, and um, and I was basically a very traditional management and organizational development consultant. My area, my lane has always been executive and team development and more in that leadership and team development lane. And then in 19, you would think I would remember this, in 1990, I was traveling all over the United States with the Fortune 100 company. I was sick as a dog. I had no business getting on an airplane and actually didn't quite get on it. What ended up happening was, as I mentioned, I was sick to my stomach. So I went outside the airport to get some fresh air. It was in Dallas and obviously way before some of the restrictions that we had today. And I passed out. I fell over a ledge and I fell approximately 25 feet. Whoa. Yeah, it was a whoa. I was taken to the hospital. They initially didn't know if they would be able to save my leg. I actually landed on my right leg unconscious. So my right leg was shattered and had to be rebuilt. Um, They were able to save my leg and it was multiple surgeries. And about 11 months later that I finally knew I was gonna be able to walk again, which I do, I can, and very grateful for that. Mm. I had some back fractures. I was later diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury, and I'll get back to that in just a second. But the real blow actually came around, it started around week four. Well, I was still in the hospital. My former husband came suitcases packed, saying he no longer wished to be married. And even though I take full responsibility for my portion that contributed to that decision, I think you might appreciate that the timing wasn't exactly optimal, not that it ever really is. And the real devastation came months later when we actually went to court and my former husband, who happens to be an attorney, um, was awarded full custody of our son, who was only four and a half at that time. Mm. And that's when I broke into lots of pieces. Up until that point, I was, I was fearless. Somebody said, can you do this? I'm going, yes, sure, no problem. Now everything felt very tentative. I felt very vulnerable. My mom was the one that suggested that I might want to learn how to meditate. I was so traumatized. And at that time, Richard, quieting my mind was a complete oxymoron you know i just had an extremely active mind but desperate times right i'm like sure fine so i found i was living in dallas at the time and um i found somebody who was teaching a small group of us in his home how to meditate and i remember after i don't know x number of times of being together going to him his name was michael and i said you know it's really interesting every time I feel like my mind is almost going to relax. I get this urge to sing. And he looks at me, he said, well, sing. And I started laughing. I said, you, you don't understand. I actually have people in my life who request I not. Do <laughs> and he just looked at me. He probably did had this similar reaction. He said, Wendy, just see what happens. So I went back to my little place in his home got into that space and I allowed this melodic type of singing to come out of me. And for the first time in a very long time, not only did my mind begin to relax, but so did my body. And I was, as I mentioned, I was living in Dallas at that time. And what they say is true. Everything is a little bit bigger. (laughs) And I had a nice walk-in closet and I was literally in the closet with all of this. And um, little by little, things started to develop. And I remember, again, being back at Michael's house, walking by one of the people that also was there. And out of my mouth, Richard, I'm walking past this person. And they said, you have a block around your heart. And I'm thinking, well, where did that come from? Mm. And I'm walking further down the hall and and. Michael had a teenage son who was hanging out with us, who turns out to be a very intuitive, gifted person. And I hear him somewhere behind me saying to the same person, hey, you have a block around your heart. And honestly, in that moment, I'm like, what is happening to me? But it was a continuation and a birthing of my healing gifts, my intuitive abilities to see energy, to move it, to work with the mind in a way that we, that strengthens the pathway so it's in alignment with your deepest desires. And that has now become the miraculous living method. But it was never anything that I, you know, if you would have asked me who I want, what I wanted to be when I grew up, and you said, come on, give me your top 50, even 100, um, working in the miracle zone would never have even entered my mind. But there's also a story of how even that piece got birthed, if you're interested in hearing that. Well, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. But I'll have to uh, have you wait for just a moment as I remind our listeners And we're talking with Wendy Darling, wendydarling.com. Miraculous Living is the conversation piece for today. And we're talking about uh, Miraculous Living here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're giving you choices and knowledge of choice, knowledge of those choices here on the program. And this is something new, Miraculous Living with Wendy Darling. And uh, we thank you so much for spending some time with us. You have a a continuation, as as a matter of speaking, of the story that you just shared with us. Go ahead and uh, share that with us now.
1: Yeah, um, I was, um, I had, I, one of my best friends, Robin Simons of Crescendo Publishing was going to assist me in writing my first book. And I, Robin and I had known each other. We had met each other through a mastermind that we were in in growing our businesses. And I referred one of my clients to Robin. And she said, well, since it's one of your clients, why don't you come to her strategy session? And even though I knew Robin for quite some time, I'd never seen her in action, when we finished my client's strategy session, I looked at Robin and said, I want you to do that with me. So we had one of these strategy sessions and we have post-it notes all over the place and, and everything's organized. And Robin looks at me and she says, what do you think the title of this book might be? And I found myself telling her the story that I'm about to share with you right now. And it, I happen to have been raised Jewish. And in Judaism, you give your children a Hebrew name based on somebody who has already been who has already been deceased. And my father had passed away a year, year and a half prior to that, at a very young age. And I really wanted to honor my father. And his Hebrew name was Nissen and Nisan in Hebrew translates to miracle. Mm. And my former husband's grandfather had also recently passed away and we wanted to honor him and his name was Charles. And in Hebrew that's Chaim, and that translates to life. And so my son's Hebrew name is Nisan Chaim, which translates to the miracle of life. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever had a child or have held a newborn baby, I remember when I held my son, Adam, for the very first time. And even though intellectually, I knew how this happened. And it even had biology classes and all of that. I'm looking at this being and I'm like, how the heck did this happen? And so I shared. So my first book was titled, the miracle that is your life. And I ended up changing my business name to the Miraculous Living Institute. And what I first of all loved about it was it was honoring my father. It was also honoring my son. And at some point, Richard, I also felt that this was the path that guided me into this place of working with people to go from maybe miserable, to memorable, to miraculous. Mm. And if there was ever a time that, I mean, who has not had a moment in their life, then they prayed for a miracle. When I wrote my second book last year, Create Your Miraculous Life, It's Never Too Late, I really started out with the It's Never Too Late theme. Because I was 69, rapidly approaching 70, I'm happy to say I crossed the barrier. It happened. I'm still doing well. It didn't hurt at all, and and so I knew at 69 there was still so much more I wanted to be doing, and especially with the pandemic, I knew how many there were so many people that were being challenged, wondering, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What if? People were, a lot of people were also reassessing where they were in their business and their life. Mm. So the timing was really perfect. But then my son became very ill last year. And so I did everything I could to maintain the, what uh, was on the book, so to speak, with my business. But a lot of my time was devoted to him. And I'm happy to say he's doing very well at this point. We're cautiously optimistic. So writing this book, also, my life was not feeling miraculous at all. And I was praying for miracles. And it forced me, well, it gave me the opportunity that I seemed to get myself in. That I had to dig deep and I had to find that place within me. Mm.
0: Incredible. Incredible. We're talking with Wendy Darling. I'm Richard Dugan, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. Some fascinating stories. I wonder sometimes, uh, Wendy, about when we talk about miracles, okay? When that conversation pops up, uh, you know, everybody has their own definition and so forth, and uh, that's fine. I sometimes wonder if... Uh, first of all, um, I don't believe you when you say you're 70. I'm sorry. Uh, not going to go there. I don't believe you, but uh, I'm not going to argue with you about it. So, uh, <laughs> and I also know better.
1: That's okay. You know, I'm in style too. It's you, all right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about some of the miracles that have happened in your life as you have gone down this path.
1: Oh, gosh. Well, first of all, you know, I mentioned one of my favorite miracles is my son. Uh, The miracle that I survived that fall. um, The miracle that even though I had a traumatic brain injury, um, it's very possible that that fall, including the brain injury, opened up um, my availability to receive my healing gifts and cultivate them. Um, I, you know, I get to be witness to so many miracles in people's lives. Um, From from things like working with men and women to attract love, to working with entrepreneurs to help them grow their business and become more profitable, to help people leave corporate and start their business. Um, I've worked with children who have uh, learning disabilities and it gets they get freed up. I've worked with women who have been abused and in an extremely short period of time of working with me, they are freed from that trauma. And so in that sense, it's not just about me. It's about the lives that I'm blessed to be a part of, because I believe my purpose is helping people fulfill theirs. And so it's even working with people that maybe have been successful, or they've been in a career for a while, and it's like, is this all there is? And and knowing, feeling that there's something else for them, and helping them discover what that is. And I'm delighted, you know, the miracles of my transformational healing cards, and how those came through me, and and how those designs are so effective in helping to rid people of the undercurrent that sometimes pulls us down, and so there, I'm—I could probably just keep going and going and going. Um, I a few weeks ago, my mom has dementia, and she's in a facility, and for the first time in months, she said my name, and to me, that was purely miraculous. So, um, I. I live my life in gratitude. And if I'm not feeling it, then that's where I go. It's, I am always, every morning, I, I spend time in gratitude. I do my own process. I do meditations at night. I, I make sure my energy is clear and I practice gratitude. And I think gratitude and miracles really go hand in hand. Because when we look at the little things in our life to be appreciative of, I don't know, those blessings to me are miracles in itself. You know, I am, I'm going
0: through my own uh, challenge in my life as we speak. Uh, And um, I have the same, it's interesting, I have the same optimism as i did when the uh, pandemic was declared number one we in the case of the pandemic we did something different so we were finally breaking away from einstein's definition of insanity i've been i've been promoting doing something different when the flu- influenza uh, was rolling around even before we had the vaccine saying shut the airlines down Two weeks. That's all you need is two weeks. And people would say, oh, no, the economy will be just ruined. it's like, as compared to uh, what we did these last 18 to 20 months, I don't think so, Tim. I really don't. Plus the fact then has, and I'm sure this has been measured, the lost productivity of people who are sick and are going to work. Not only sick, but then spreading it to everybody else in their workplace. Um, optimistic, also because one of the thoughts that came to me that I have been sharing on this program ever since is what incredible opportunities we have that we don't even know about yet, and there are people who have actually prospered and thrived in a in an ethical way, mind you, um, even during. The pandemic. I feel the same optimism now in spite of the challenges. And yeah, when I start to dwell on the actual things that's, thing that's going on, yeah, it's, it's sad. I grieve. I cry, um, you know, and all of those things. And then I let that and I, I go through that. I don't stop it. I'm not one of those guys that that, oh, I don't cry, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big boy, I put on my big man pants, and I'm just fine, you know, get away, I'll get my gun out, and I'll shoot you. And uh, I'm wondering uh, about the people that you have worked with. Certainly, they come to you because they want to make a change. Do you talk to them about Shall we say the moment or the period of time when they came to that realization that I want to make a change? I want to live a miraculous
1: life? Of course. Yeah, part of the process is um, what I refer to as magic wand time. You know, if you could wave your magic wand, how would you really want to be living your life? And I have a process that I take them through in that conversation. And then we look at, okay, so where are you now? Because you're right. People typically don't come to me when life is awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, there is something that's just not sitting right with them. I mean, There are times I've worked with people, they're doing great, and they want to continue working with me because maybe they're just on this trajectory Mm -hmm. and they want to make sure they stay on that trajectory. But they might not work with me maybe as frequently, but they want to make sure that they stay on course. Mm -hmm. And so absolutely. And I agree with you, Richard, this is not about pie in the sky. Mm -mm. First of all, it's waking up those deep desires, Mm -hmm. because I believe the deep our desires point us in the direction of our truth. And all too often, what happens is we get a, a lot of people might get caught up in what they think they should do, or, you know, people that are caring for themselves and their families and, and, Things just aren't quite right. Um, and and so absolutely, I definitely want to identify where the angst is and the irritation and the, the muck uh, for a highly technical term. And because I think it's just as important. I'm not saying let's not dwell in it, but let's also look at, okay, so what's happened that's brought you here? And let's now look Forward, Because my process is we don't have to keep looking in the past to find what's not working, what limiting belief, All you know, a lot of it's pointed forward because the process takes care of the undercurrent of the issues in your tissues, so to speak, that have been creating interference, preventing you from moving forward and closing that gap. where you are to where you want to be. Hmm. So I agree, you have to deal with it. You know, I don't want to give the impression that I'm just Mary Poppins kind of girl. And I go through life just happy, happy, happy. And I'm content most of the time, but I am no different than the next person that I get hurt. I feel, you know, I, I'm very sensitive. So I feel a lot of things. And I think it's important when you feel frustration, it's like, okay, because There's something inside of you that's saying something's not right. Mm -hmm. What do we need to do to shift and make it different?
0: WendyDarling.com is the website we encourage you to go to. We'll be linked to it as well here on Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I would like to talk to you uh, now, uh, Wendy Darling, about uh, not only miraculous living, but what are the initial steps? A person comes to you whatever their state is, and um, they, they want to move forward, whether they're doing great and they want to move forward even more or they're not doing so great and then they want to move forward. Where do you start with them? And yeah, you mentioned the question, okay, the first question there. what's what's next?
1: Yeah, so first of all, we we design your future where I really like to wake up. And because I'm so intuitive, I can feel when people are right there in their desires, or they're more, well, maybe I should do this, or they're too much in their head. I'm really feeling for what's wanting to be birthed. And then we look at the gap. And so part of the miraculous living method is in fact, I'm able to see where their energy is stuck in their, in their body, in their energetic system. And when I say that, what I mean is when we've had a disappointment, a hurt, a heartache, um, a frustration, whatever it is, um, I'm able to see where it's disrupting your natural flow. Mm. And I'm able, or I should say it comes through me, and we're able to release that. But a very important part of the process is also what I refer to as brain training. There are a lot of wonderful people out there that do release work, but if we don't work with the mind to have it working in your behalf, you risk defaulting back into old patterns. You know, a very common one is people who release weight and then they gain it back because they haven't, they haven't actually rewired their mind. Hmm. So part of my process actually works with either strengthening an existing neural pathway or creating a new one. So your brain is working in alignment with your desire. And there's a process in how I'm able to identify what those are. People work with these in-between sessions with the process. And then it really is taking what I also refer to as inspired action. Um, and by inspired, it doesn't mean you're always, "woohoo!" I can't believe I get to do this today. But you just know that that's your next step. And so we really look at incremental steps, what they are. I get to be a, an accountability partner with them. And it ends up being kind of like, a Rubik's Cube of sorts mm-hmm. where we get you into complete alignment. Because life can sometimes throw us off a bit. We get into an alignment. And I help people also really dial up their intuition. Because let's face it, when we have that, that's the best executive coach that you can ever have. So, so all of those steps are included and involved. And it's not like everything is very systematic, because each person is unique and different. So it's not like you're coming into my world, I come into yours. Mm-hmm. And, and then I also have a process called a results accelerator. And I have 10 areas of life. And what i discovered many years ago, is if we test for What's the kingpin, so to speak, the the domino that's going to knock everything else over easier. We wanna put some effort into that first. So for example, a person came to me, their business had, he was flailing in his business and he couldn't understand what was happening. His results accelerator was he was supposed to start dating. And I want you to know that me, the person, would never have suggested that. I would have said, listen, let's get you up and running. Let's get your confidence up a bit. And sure, and he was hesitant. I said, well, let's just trust the process. And honestly, within just a couple, three weeks, he connected with this woman online. He was in Costa Rica. She was in Brazil. Shortly after that, he gets this huge contract. He w- and he was doing the type of business he could work anywhere. He ended up moving to Brazil. And so there are situations like that. You know, somebody that came to me to release weight and, because their friend had released 60 pounds working with me in a relatively short period of time. Mm. Her entry point was her career. She didn't like that. She mm. said, I didn't come to you to talk about my career. And again, I said, let's deal, let's trust the process. Turns out she was very unhappy and helped her with a resume in three weeks, new job, right? I mean, it happened that fast. Guess what happened when she started working a new job? The weight started to release. Mm.
0: A lot of people put that weight on as protection, too. Of course. Because of all of the stuff they've been through. Yeah. Absolutely. All I can tell you is help me, Wendy, help me, help me. (laughs) (laughs) Wendy Darling is my guest here on the program. WendyDarling.com is the website, and we hope that you will go to her website and find out more about her and miraculous living. This is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, and I'm thankful that you have joined us. I'm thankful that Wendy, Wendy Darling, has joined us. So we are linked to her uh, website as well. And uh, you can hear these podcasts on SoundCloud and iTunes and TuneIn Radio and Amazon and, oh, let's see, iHeart and a bunch of other places. We're also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews, and we hope that you'll go to the websites as well and subscribe to the podcasts and videocasts as we continue here. Tell me about uh, how your family has uh, responded to the work that you do, because this is rather extraordinary work that
1: you do. Oh, that's an interesting one. (laughs) Um, I don't think they understand what I do, most of them. When my son was younger, he really kind of was fascinated by it. He even designed a couple of the transformational cards years ago. Um, today he's a little more separated. So I'm very much the different one in my family. Um, my, at one point, my mom hurt herself. This was many years ago already. And so I did some healing work with her and she just looked at me because at that point I hadn't really shared with her. And she went, Oh my gosh, all three of my daughters are healers because I do what I do. My youngest sister is a doctor, so a traditional person, and my middle sister is a rolfer. And, and so, you know, for three girls coming from a very traditional background, we all have very interests, have had interesting careers. So yeah, I'm definitely the different one. Yeah. And, you know, I think that has even been part of my journey, is being okay to be different because who the heck doesn't feel different at some time? And my examples and my stories are a little bit more extreme than many people, but I like to share that because if you're feeling different about something, if you're feeling shy about something, when I do my sound healing, which is part of a three-part process with um, the Miraculous Living Method, I still can get shy you know even today and there's every now and then there's that little that little girl that's going what are you doing and it you know it's it's a split second and i'm like whatever and so i just accept the fact that my family thinks i'm different
0: <laughs> well you know uh, i have to say that uh <laughs> My family thinks the same thing of me. I'm different. Um, I still remember, and thank God it didn't shut me down, but I still remember as a kid walking up to my mother and her and her sister. They were having a conversation. And I started talking, and now we're talking about a kid in his, uh, maybe, I don't know, seven, eight years old, at the, maybe. And my aunt turned to me and said, Richard, do you not see that your mother and I are having a conversation? And of course, I walked away uh and i remember it i i wasn't traumatized by it i was just being told when adults are talking with each other don't come up and try and and interrupt Mm -hmm. so over the years i've learned that uh you want to let people speak and uh and you'll get your turn you will get your turn Mm -hmm. And that's the beautiful thing about this program is that we have people on here who have so many different and diverse, I'm going to say modalities for help healing, uh, for helping, uh, for transforming lives. And yours is just one of many. Uh, How did you develop these techniques? I mean, it doesn't, it sounds to me more along the lines of, you your intuition guided you into these techniques rather than reading it from textbooks or go, taking a college course. Uh, I, I can go learn chiropractic. I go to college, I can learn chiropractic yeah, you know or Ralphing or massage therapy, you know. Those you don't you know they say you don't want to do those with intuition you know, you, <laughs> uh, But I'm guessing that that's that's uh, how you were guided and some might even say, okay, intuition and maybe it was channeled. Yes.
1: Um, You know, as I mentioned, it was a gradual process. First of all, I do have degrees. And I am what by certain standards, highly educated, I did not go to school with what I'm doing. However, some of my skill base helped me structure things, organize things. um, And even, you know, as I Because I used to create, and on occasion still do, create training organizations. Well, I started in the 90s, also creating personal growth programs. So, um, So I was able to blend my worlds very easily and nicely. And I think it actually has served me that I do come from a traditional background because um, I'm pretty grounded, I'm fairly realistic, and yet I do some things that can really make results happen so much easier and faster. And we are at a critical, pivotal time in our world that we need everybody stepping up and stepping out even more. And so if I can play a part in helping to facilitate change for the positive then ah uh, i'm beyond grateful
0: i have been through a number of different programs uh, going back to the 80s i went through a program a personal growth program called life spring which was an outgrowth of est yes in phoenix arizona the founder george adair had a program called omega vector and it transformed into delta vector his main focus was the zero point with, I believe, it was uh, Tayard de Chardin uh, and um, many other teachers. And uh, I have just found it fascinating. Is there one particular, is there one particular philosophy that you that you personally adhere to, or is it? Uh, in, in my instance, I refer to myself as a metaphysician. Okay. And I love the Baha'i phrase, if you accept one of the messengers of God, you accept them all. If you reject one of the messengers of God, you reject them all. Where are you coming from, from the from that philosophical perspective?
1: You know, I think what comes to mind is what I ended up writing my graduate school thesis on or whatever that test was that I took so many years ago that I don't even <laughs> remember what it's called. Um, And I ended up writing about do what works. And even back then, because they wanted me to proclaim my philosophy of psychology. And I was not able to say I'm a this. Because even way back then, I was recognizing that people that come to us are unique with their own unique experiences and their own unique needs. And my job has always been to come into their world and figure out what to do. Mm. Even when I've gone into organizations, I always believed that the genius, the answers are already in existence in that organization. My job has always been, I'm a very curious person, to, to ask questions, to pull it out and work with it so that they find their solutions. And so my philosophy is do what works. Where my intuition, I think, supports that is, you know, before I work with a client, before I come on to an interview, I am I get myself clear. I have an intention that please guide me to ask the questions, say what needs to be said that will most serve those who I'm engaged with your audience, whomever. And and so I have learned to trust that. And so in that sense, I'm non-denominational. I um, am obviously very spiritual. And um, I'm just here in support of people living their fullest, what I refer to as, A Miraculous Life. Mm.
0: A Miraculous Life, Miraculous Living, and Wendy Darling, our guest here on the program. This is Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. You know, I have, um, what I find interesting myself is uh, a lot of the different ways in which people think. And I'm gratified at some of the people I've come across who Even though they do adhere to a particular philosophy, which, again, which is fine, there is no, from my perspective, there's no right one. Uh, With everything that we have an opportunity to partake in, uh, food and beverage and career and life and relationship, how in the world can there only be one path? Uh, You know, and in a manner of speaking, there is. But that one path is for you to figure out. Um. But I find it fascinating, those people who still will refer to themselves by those philosophical names. And yet when I have them on the program, they're sharing with me things that are so far outside the doctrine and dogma of that philosophy. And I'm thinking, there's still hope for the world yet, you know, (laughs) because they're not living with inside inside the lines. And they've said, look, this still serves me, sort of, kind of. I mean, I had a born-again, Bible-believing, evangelical Christian who practices out-of-body experiences. I don't know anywhere in the Bible where it talks about doing that. <laughs> Not over and over and over again, anyway. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I just, I love that. And I've had atheists on this program. i got to tell you, they're some of the most spiritual people I've come across. It doesn't mean that just because they they say they don't believe in God, that they don't have ethics and morals and a compass, if you will, an internal compass. Uh, they may not refer to uh, that still small voice as God or the divine or what have you, but I'm sure that many of them use it. They listen to it. They follow it. Uh, it's, it to me, it's just fascinating, and I love to hear about these things. I also enjoy, um, I've, I've really enjoyed the, our conversation here on the program, and uh, I'm wondering if there's anything... I I rarely ask this question, but I'm going to ask it of you because I know there's always more to talk about. Is there anything in particular that we haven't talked about that you feel led to share with our listeners?
1: You know, what's present for me in this moment and has even been a little bit of my own personal struggle in terms of representing a miraculous life is I don't want to leave the impression that it this is some huge big something it's more living a life where you feel happy and fulfilled and you know that your life matters and in your own unique way you're making your own unique contribution. It could be to a friend, it could be to a family, it could be to your dog or your cat, whatever it is. So I feel like it's important to define miraculous as anything that brings you happiness and fulfillment. And to me, That's creating and living a miraculous life.
0: Happiness uh, is something that we've talked about a lot on this program. Uh, Of course, uh, one of the great lines out of one of our documents is uh, the pursuit of happiness. Uh, Share with us a little bit about maybe not so much pursuing happiness, but uh, the process that you have discovered that allows you to be in that state of happiness maybe more often than not. Because I don't think that we want to stay in some of these places for extended period of time. Sounds like it'd be a great idea, but, you know, life is life.
1: Yeah. Well, I can easily say that I would. I have had many, 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 many long stretches of being unhappy. Um, I had a rough childhood where my mom was highly critical and abusive. And so I had bouts of what probably would be viewed as depression, and um, it was gratitude that started to pull me out of it. And also, truthfully, um, exercising uh, to get movement and breathing and all of that. And I think when we've had, I can remember moments where, you know, life just, felt horrible and wondering, you know, like after my accident, I thought, how how did I get myself into this mess? And how was I going to dig out of this huge hole that I happened to create? And it really boiled down to just starting to find the blessings in my life. Someone told me years ago, Wendy, if this is your bottom, it's a damn good bottom. And, and it was also a time that I had to learn how to ask for help, you know, to ask for support, to being okay, because I was always the strong one. I was always the one that was there for others. And suddenly I was just a mess. And I was trying to find my way. And I feel the practice of gratitude is what really helped. And, you know, I, I have moments where I feel sad. You know, as I mentioned last year, oh my gosh, that was a tremendously stressful time with my son mm. and a huge heartache. And, you know, just to find things to be grateful for helps to shift that. And so when you have contrast. Meaning, life is kind of in the poopers, so to speak. I can't believe that's what came out of my mouth. And you see, and you see things starting to move forward um, because you know what it's like for life not feeling well. That when it's starting to be better, when it's starting to feel better, you're starting to feel better. I think there's just a greater appreciation. I think that's probably one of the many reasons I'm so good at what I do in part is because I've had so many life lessons along the way that I have. First of all, I have experience, but also I have such compassion for people and what they're going through because so many people beat themselves up when they're down. And it's like, whoa, 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 let's look at this differently. You know, okay, this is your bottom right now. Let's start let's start shifting. And we find ways to to help them take better care of themselves and start to move forward. Hmm. And just like anything, some of those early steps maybe are a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. But I do not believe in bungee jumping. You know, you're talking to somebody who kind of bungee jumped without a cord 20, (laughs) you know, however many years ago. But, you know, to take small steps and little by little you start gaining momentum and suddenly you're looking back and it's like, Whoa, you know, look how far I've come. And that's another piece of the pie. Also, Richard, just really acknowledging those steps, appreciating those steps, seeing your progress, because Mm. all too often we keep taking steps and we're just seeing all those other steps instead of, wow. Look what I've accomplished. Way to go.
0: Along with gratitude, I would love for you to talk about the aspect of forgiveness. I went through four phases back in starting in 2016, 2015, actually. And I stand corrected. Yeah, well, it was 2015 June and the campaign for president started and all this stuff. I got sucked in in September 2016, 2016. Uh, And it took me six months to get unsucked. And I went through four phases. Uh, The first one was the hardest. Thank you, teacher, for teaching me how not to be. The second was, I forgive you, but more importantly, I forgive myself for allowing myself to be drawn into this quagmire. It has been said that forgiveness actually does more for the one, forgive, uh, um, asking for forgiveness, or let me rephrase that: forgiving oneself does more than forgiving someone else, which is still a good thing to do. Don't get me wrong. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think forgiveness is a tricky one in a lot of ways, and it's a process. It's not like a one time and it's done. Mm-hmm. And so. So I think it's, it depends on the circumstances. It depends on your awareness. It depends on the process that you're using for forgiveness. And, and so for that reason, you know, it, it can be like an, a layer like artichokes, you know, or an onion. And so you get to a certain place, but then you find, ah, there's still more to forgive. I think we tend as a whole to forgive others much more easily and faster than we tend to forgive ourselves. Mm. And so, but it is a process.
0: Yeah. I find that there are certain, I don't want to say that there are certain conversations I don't like to have, but the conversations I don't like to have are the repeated conversations. We've already talked about this. Ten times, twelve times, fifty times. I, I don't. I don't. And and at the same time, it's like I don't want to shut the other person down, saying no. I don't want to hear about this anymore. All Mm -hmm. right. We either we resolved it, or we agreed to disagree, or whatever. I don't want to go there anymore. Uh, Yeah,
1: a lot of times that's a dynamic that is kind of raising its hand to be healed. Yeah. Um, A lot of times, these kind of dynamics, you see it a lot with couples. And um, it's like your little boy wound is talking to their little boy or little girl wound. And and the reason it's an irritation is because there's a wound there. And so when that can be dealt with, the dynamic loses its footing, so to speak. And it allows for movement because most of the time that other person really isn't intending to have this be repetitious, but it happens. And it becomes an irritant because it's like, wait a minute, I've already expressed myself, but you brought up an important point. These are conversations the tougher they are, the more you don't want to have them, the more important they are. I've always believed that mischief does not happen in relationships for what is spoken. It's for what is not. And and so we just can't risk holding back. It doesn't mean you projectile vomit on somebody, mm-hmm. but to really sit down adult to adult, or adult to child, whatever the circumstances, and really speak to what's in your heart, you know, what you're observing. Not You don't use the word you, you know, it's I feel, Mm -hmm. I'm noticing, I'm having this experience, and you leave them kind of out of it. You know, when I hear you say this, I start feeling fill in the blank. And when we can take responsibility in our communication, it also helps to diffuse that dynamic, that emotionality that is potentially trying to can ignite. Mm -hmm.
0: And I I guess the other part of it for me is uh, if we've had the conversation in a deep fashion once maybe twice maybe three times okay i understand but 10 and 20 and 30 and 40 times I, what else is there to say and then there's the other aspect uh, in in these kinds of conversations where the other person doesn't believe what you're saying they you know and and th- there's that's another challenge it's like well then I, I there's nothing i can say i mean i was having a conversation the other day And I knew just to sit and listen. But then it was thrown in my face. You're just sitting there saying nothing. And we've had the conversation dozens of times before. And I said, I don't know what to say. There's nothing left for me to say. Now, the words were offered up, which I then said. But it's like uh, you're almost in a no-win situation in that regard. If you sit and listen and just be quiet, then you're not participating. You don't care. Then if you do say something, it is is interpreted through whatever filters that person has. And it's like it's a lose-lose for you. And they are in control of the dialogue. They're in control of the dynamic, if you will. And it's not to say that let's say in my situation that I want to be in control. What I want is to end the conversation with what I thought was the resolution that we had already agreed upon. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: yeah I think that's the benefit of, of a communication one-on-one skill of active listening, where you take a time out, so to speak, and say, so what i'm hearing you're saying is and you paraphrase it back because what happens in situations like what you're talking about richard is there's something that that person doesn't feel they're being heard and everybody it has nothing to do with agreement they want to feel heard Mm -hmm. and at least from that position then you can say, I know you're thinking this. I know you're feeling this. Hmm. And then you can even say, and I'm sorry that you're feeling this way. And I honestly don't know what how to respond to that.
0: I'm going to throw one other dynamic in there, or if you will. Okay. Substance abuse. And then trying to communicate with the person who is... Abusing substance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes it next to impossible to be able to yeah. communicate.
1: That's possible. Absolutely. You know, now you're getting that's a whole different ballgame. Right. Okay. I will, and I um, will admit that my previous marriage. Uh, my former husband, unbeknownst to me, was a very high-functioning alcoholic mm. and kept it under the radar for the longest time until we got married. And then the lid popped off. And um, it we actually went to somebody, worked with them for just a little bit. But, he, you know, one day he said, I'm not going to change. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's okay. I'm not going to live this way. And and so I think the accept, you know, somebody who's chemically dependent has to want to make a change. Yeah. And if they are not interested in that, and if it's against, you know, I happen to be one of those people. It's not a judgment. I don't like to be with people that are drinking a lot or whatever. That's just... It's not me, yeah. And um, And so sometimes those relationships, you know, relationships really have reasons, seasons in a lifetime as, the, as they say. And as sad as I was that this was how our relationship turned out, it was also a great opportunity for me to stand up. And speak what was important to me and in my life. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it meant completing a marriage and walking away and saying, and I actually remember saying, I will walk this earth alone before I live a compromised life like this.
0: For me, I don't like losing control. I drink, but it is not by any means to that level. And it's because I don't like to lose control.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I, I want to be fairly <laughs> uh, holding on to the reins of, of, of my equilibrium, if you will. It's not fun, you know. Um, but I know there are people that they just, whatever the substance is, alcohol or otherwise. Um, this, and I know this part of it was kind of off into a, another realm, but I appreciate your talking about it. Uh, it's uh, something that we all in at some level, we deal with. I'm with you. I don't like being around people like that. That's why I don't go to bars because <laughs> I'll be around those people unless the bar is you know, relatively empty, you know, early in the afternoon, maybe. Um, plus the fact I was walking State Street, which is our main drag, if you will, our main street here in Santa Barbara. And uh, I was walking past some of these uh, the bar restaurants, and man, they were loud. That's another thing. I, I I work in this business, and one of the things I promised myself I would never wear headphones and crank up the volume because I knew too many of my peers who had hearing problems. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of thing. Anyway, Wendy, uh, Wendy, darling, is my guest, and uh, I am Richard Dugan, and this is Tell Me Your Story. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices with new paradigms for a new world to help make your dreams come true here on this fine program. And, uh, Wendy, I want to thank you so much for sharing with us, talking with us about some of the hard subjects, and uh, giving us some insight into what we should do. And one of uh, of the steps in my book, Choices, has to do with what you just said about, uh, you know, Making sure you're around uh, that, that it, whatever your choice is, make your personal input, including the people that you associate with, uh, make make that personal input uh, part of your choice, whatever your choice is. And, and it just depends on what it is, you know, and if it's uh, uh, and we have the right and maybe this is the wrong word to use, but we have the right to discriminate under that category. I'm sorry, but, you know, I need somebody that isn't a yes person, but isn't constantly putting me down for the dream that I have, the choice that I've made. I asked my wife when she was uh, about to go under for uh, cancer surgery. I said, do you want to live or do you want to die? I may not like your choice, but I'll support you in it. And I am not kidding you. Those are the exact words I, I uttered. That's how my book starts. So the question is are you going to surround yourself with people who are going to respect you and support you at the very least respect you for your choice and if they don't like your choice they can move on you know it's okay no judgment on them uh, what what are your? can you give us an insight in the, in your from your perspective about that aspect i mean it's maybe you've already spoken it
1: Well, first of all, I do think it's important to really look at who you're hanging out with. Um, I know that there have not been many, but I've had to complete some relationships. You know, they ran their course Mm -hmm. because I want to be around people that are healthy and happy because I need that kind of environment so that not only for my own well-being, but I want to make sure that I'm doing well in service of others. Yeah. And um, so I think, you know, it is is a choice. I don't expect people, I mean, it would be nice, but I know not everybody's going to love me. Not everybody's going to agree with me. Right. I'm not even trying to be that. I just want to reach the people who I can best serve and support because I've been put on this earth to make people's lives easier. Everything that I do is simple and easy. I believe in those two pieces a lot. And I think that, you know, there are, we all have times that we have to have tough conversations, as you mentioned. Um, It's not like life is just a cakewalk. Yeah. But, But we do have choices. And if you're suffering, that too can be a choice. You don't have to suffer if you, you know, there are ways that you can shift and change, you know, that's why there are people like us. Yeah. So, um, so please know, you always are at choice, even, especially when you don't think you have one.
0: And that's one of the things I I am saying over and over again, we bring you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And I don't care what your circumstance is. You always, always, always have choices. And my favorite example of that is Nelson Mandela, sentenced to 25 years in prison. And he even talks about how he he made a choice. He says, I can keep going down the road I'm going and uh, the road of destruction or... And the next thing you know, he's the president of South Africa because he made a different choice. He says, I don't want to be that person anymore. Uh, Again, I thank you so much for joining us here on the program. Oh, it
1: was my pleasure. Thank you, Richard.
0: I have three final questions for you before we wrap up. Before we do wrap up, though, I need to talk to you, my viewers, my listeners, uh, the podcasts and the video casts. They're on the podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Amazon Music, as well as iHeartRadio and a bunch of other locations. We are also on YouTube where you can watch these videos. The programs are on this station at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. And uh, the special edition at 9 a.m. on Wednesday. And we stream at those times at RichardDugan.com. com so you can listen to them at those times or you can go to the podcast or the videocast whichever you choose if you can support us through paypal thank you thank you thank you we'd greatly appreciate just put in when you're sending uh, the email address richard at richard com that is uh, that's all you have to do and we have that for your security as well as ours And definitely participate in the decade of perfect vision and spend that time with that still small voice your intuition As we wrap this program up, my first of three questions that I ask all of my guests, you may have addressed them to some degree during the program, but I like to ask them directly. The first is, who is Wendy Darling?
1: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, I'll just say very simply, she is a woman with a huge heart and wants people to be living happy, healthy, and miraculous lives.
0: What is it that you uh, hope to or want to achieve through the work that you're doing now?
1: I think I just said it. I want people to, um, you know, I want people to um, be obviously healthy and happy, wealthy, but also making their special contribution in life. I believe that when we all pull together and and contribute in our own special way, that's when we can have heaven on earth.
0: And finally, what is your life's purpose?
1: My life's purpose is assisting others to be living theirs, what I refer to as fulfilling their divine destiny.
0: Again, thank you so much for joining us. And I thank you for joining us, for listening and watching Tell Me Your Story. New paradigms for a new world. Giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Again, the website is wendydarling.com. We'll be linked to her website as well. And it's miraculous living that we're going to shoot for, folks. So uh, be part of that whole whole, uh, um, uh, uh, change and transformation. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast. Love. Talal.